You're listening to the Believe in Dog podcast. I'm your host and resident dog mom, Erin Scott. If you consider your dog a family member, then this podcast is for you. Let's celebrate the love and connection we have with our dogs. Not only can a dog be your best friend, but I believe a dog can be a healer, a teacher, and an inspiration. This is a place for us to connect in the joy of loving our dogs, and also a place where you know you're not alone in the difficult times, or in the sadness of missing a dog that was an important part of your life. I can't wait to share with you stories of how the love of a dog is changing our lives and changing the world. This is Believe in Dog. Welcome to episode two of the Believe in Dog podcast. My guest today is Mindy Fitzgerald, and I can't wait to share her story with you. I first met Mindy in 2012 when she started volunteering with Be More Dog, the organization that I volunteer with. When I first met Mindy, she was working for Baltimore City as a crime scene investigator. But unfortunately, due to an autoimmune illness, she had to stop working a couple of years ago. I admire Mindy so much, though, because despite the fact that she's not able to currently perform the job that she went to school for, she has created a whole new second act for herself through her hunter and harvest business, where she makes natural products for pets and people. And we talk about how she was inspired to create this business after her foster cat was suffering with asthma. We also talk about how it was at a crime scene that Mindy first fell in love with pit bulls. We also talk about Mindy's struggles with the loss of her heart dog, Magic. Magic was only 10 weeks old when Mindy first met her and they had an instant bond. Magic passed away in 2018 and Mindy's still learning how to live without her. Mindy, thank you so much for being here with me today. Since I didn't grow up with animals, I'm always curious to know whether you were an animal person from childhood or not. If I remember correctly, you were, and your first dog's name, it was Sheba. Is that right? Um, so she started out as my mom's dog, and I guess I inherited her when I was born. What kind of dog was she? She was a terrier mix, a uh, little scruffy thing, and I just remember her being really sweet. Were you the kind of kid that was always, like, finding a straight animal? Um, so my mom started that tradition, I think, and growing up, she was known as the dog girl in her neighborhood because she was always bringing stray animals home to my grandparents' dismay, but uh, she's always been a huge animal lover, so I got it from her. So when I met you, I think you already had three dogs. I think, is that Magic, Lily, and your boy? My boy, Corbin. So... I've always had multiple dogs growing up, and I like that they can kind of overlap and comfort you when it's time for another one to pass on. And um, my most recent batch of dogs started with Magic, and she was my number one soulmate dog. Um, I just recently lost her about eight months ago, which has been nearly impossible to deal with. Um, my other dogs have helped in comforting me and I did turn right around and adopt a super unadoptable senior dog in her memory. I love that. She was my constant companion, completely irreplaceable. I still miss her and think about her multiple times a day. She was, uh, 
a little black and white fluffy. Um, we always thought she was a border collie mix and, uh, I had always wanted a border collie growing up, but it turns out she was, uh, not any part border collie. She was an Akita mixed with a Maltese, if you can picture that. Yeah, so she was a fuzzy little girl full of attitude. She was definitely an acquired taste. Um, she did not care for many people, which I think made our bond even more special. She literally did everything with me, went everywhere with me. Uh, we went away to college together. She used to go camping with me, vacation. Anything you could think of, magic was virtually by my side. So how old were you when she came to you? I think I was about 22. My mom and I were out shopping one day and stopped by this pet store that had a pretty poor reputation. And we generally don't make it a habit of purchasing dogs in my family. We always try to rescue or adopt or take in a stray. But um, we saw this litter of border collie puppies, and I had always wanted a border collie. So I begged and begged for this puppy, and I was living with my mom at the time. So she said, no, of course. Um, but little did she know, I went back to visit this puppy every day, the next few days, and couldn't get my mind off of her. Uh, about a week later, came home from class, and this little puppy was running around my house, and she was a total surprise to me. It was really sweet of them. So our bond was pretty immediate. Um, I ended up going away to college six months after I got her, maybe a little longer. And, um, I knew that I couldn't do another semester without her. So I actually left the dorms so I could get an apartment and bring her to college with me. And since then we were inseparable. We did everything together. So it sounds like magic was with you during a really important and transitional time of your life. Yeah. She moved into my first apartment with me. And, um, when I got my first job after college and uh, she was there when I got married, when I bought my first house, I recently was very ill um, and she was there with me through all of that and never left my side. Now, I know you've had to stop working your professional job as a crime scene investigator due to your health issues. And I know I've gone through some of my own health issues over the years. And I know my dogs have always been a great comfort to me when I've been going through that. I assume that that's the same for you. What has that looked like for you to have the support of your pets during these hard times? So when I got really sick, I had to quit working. My doctor pretty much told me, quit working or you won't get well. So obviously didn't give me much of a choice. Um, my mom is a nurse. Um, I think also part of why she loves animals so much. She's just naturally a caring person. Um, so I ended up moving in with her into an in-law apartment within her home. And I took Magic, my heart dog, with me and my cat, Snoo Snoo. So for a year, it was just Magic, Snoo Snoo, and myself in this little apartment while my husband maintained our house with our other two dogs, Lily and Corbin. And I didn't know it could happen, but Magic and I got even closer in that year. 
Um, but unfortunately, the last few months that I was living with my mom due to illness, she became ill herself. That's right. Magic was suffering with canine cognitive dysfunction, almost like a dog version of Alzheimer's. Is that right? Yeah, she did. It was absolutely heartbreaking. And I still really can't believe it to this day that her body was completely healthy and her mind started to go. Um, Classic symptoms were she wouldn't sleep through the night anymore. She didn't want to sleep in our bed any longer. Um, Another telltale sign is they forget which side of a door opens. So they'll actually stand at the hinged part of the door. And once she started forgetting, yeah, once she started forgetting how to get outside or how the door worked, um, my vet and I were pretty convinced that that's what it was. And if there's one thing I know, it's that you were doing literally everything that you could to do your best for her during that time. I know you were doing all kinds of research, trying different holistic supplements and all kinds of alternative measures to support her health while also trying to take care of yourself. That's the really difficult part because I was nowhere near recovered and I'm still not 100% now. Um, but I was trying to take care of myself and then throw myself into doing everything I could for this little dog that has been through everything with me. Um, so at one point she didn't realize how to go outside. She didn't want to eat sometimes. And I would make her, you know, three different meals before she would eat and forgo my own care just to make her as comfortable as possible. Um, How many years was she a part of your life? I want to say magic was my sidekick for close to 15 years. Oh, wow. I'm glad that you guys got so much time together, even though it's never really enough time. No, it never will be. And even though I could see her decline, it all seemed so sudden because once she did start to decline, it went so much faster than I ever thought it would. I know how hard that can be. So you also have Lily and Corbin, right? Yeah, Lily was a stray I actually picked up while Magic and I were away at college. Um, I couldn't find a home for her. I had actually found rescue placement for her. And uh, when the time came, I just didn't want to give her up. Um, so I still have Lily. She's a little um, Greyhound Gordon Setter mix. and. She hasn't really ever bonded with anyone too much. We actually call her our roommate. (laughs) Um, She's very aloof and just hangs out with herself and shows up a few times a day to say hi and eat some food. And then um, she toddles on and does her own thing all day. And uh, my other dog is Corbin. And uh, he's actually how you and I met, believe it or not. Uh, indirectly. He's very handsome. He is very. So I had tried to uh, rescue a dog that was running stray outside of my office in West Baltimore, which um, some of your listeners may know is not a very nice area. So I brought this dog into my office to the dismay of all of my coworkers and uh, (laughs) tried to help it out. And uh, of course, I wanted to keep it, but we ended up finding its owners. And so I felt a little defeated in that. Um, so I convinced my husband that 
we should adopt a dog for my birthday. So I knew what kind of dog I wanted because of an experience I had on one of my first crime scenes, believe it or not. Not to discuss too many gory details, but I showed up at a home where the owner had been deceased for quite some time and there was um, a poor little dog locked up in a crate um, crying. Oh, boy. No food, no water, um, and had probably been there for several days. I asked the law enforcement on scene if they were going to let the dog out or call animal control and pretty much got told that that dog was on its own because it was a pit bull. Yeah, so from that moment on, always preferring the underdog, I decided I wanted to check these guys out and see what they were all about. So before the night was over, I had taken upon myself to give that poor little pup a walk and call animal control to come get it. And then a short time later, I went to Bark's Animal Shelter in Baltimore City to adopt a quote-unquote pit bull. They were absolutely slammed. Um, There was standing room only. Um, Everybody waiting was angry and being impatient. And I'm really of the school of thought that if there's a problem with something, try to see if you can be part of the solution. So After picking out Corbin and adopting him and bringing him home, um, I decided to volunteer at the shelter. So I volunteered there walking dogs. Um, I worked in the office a lot processing applications, and I also did some outreach events. Then I learned about the organization that you are still very involved with, Be More Dog, um, which is a nonprofit organization in Baltimore that essentially promotes healthy dog ownership and um, helps owners stay with their dogs and take care of their dogs. And Baltimore by nature, pit bulls are very, very popular. So a majority of Be More Dogs clientele um, happen to be these wonderful dogs that have totally stolen my heart, and I know yours as well. Absolutely. So I began volunteering with you guys, and that's how you and I became friends. Um, Eventually, I stepped down from Be More Dog to get involved in cat rescue um, because it really broke my heart that I couldn't foster a dog in my home because I already had three dogs, but I had no cats. So I joined the board of an organization called the Feline Rescue Association. And they deal with getting cats off the streets of some of the worst areas in Baltimore City. Now, I know in your time with FRA, you were actually spending a lot of time working in the community, in the neighborhoods, with residents in areas where there were a lot of feral cats. What was that like for you? Actually having a good time meeting the local residents and helping out the community cats, making sure they were fed and watered and safe and also TNR'd, which is uh, trapped, neutered, and returned. Um, So we had a pretty complicated system and route of making the rounds every other day to check on our uh, group of community cats, which I think at one time was almost up to 100 cats that we cared for. I had no idea how many it was. A lot of people have issues with uh, the feral cats, but if you work on reducing their population humanely um, through fixing them, uh, they can actually be an attribute to a local neighborhood. Do you have any specific stories or experiences you want to share about 
your times working out in the community with Feline Rescue Association? Yeah, there's definitely um, one of the heartbreaking issues in dealing with animal rescue is, well, like any other area, you meet people uh, from all walks of life. So we would meet people that wanted nothing more than to help the cats and you know, the same as the pit bulls in the, in the city shelter. And we would meet people that just simply didn't understand, um, what it's like to care for another animal. Well, that's what I really loved about be more dog because the group tries really hard not to judge owners and give them the benefit of the doubt that they love their animals, but they're not always in the best situations um, to be quote unquote perfect dog owners, but they do love their pets. And it's really important to keep that in mind and just try to help people whenever you can. It's honestly been a really beautiful thing. And I, I think we're up to somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 dogs that have come through the clinics now over the years. And I mean, you know, 99.99% of them, you know, I just have nothing but positive stories, you know, and positive interactions with their owners. Uh, and I, and I just, I love that, you know, I could probably count on one hand the number of times that you know, I've been upset by, by things, maybe like one, once at each clinic, you'll see something, but a lot of times there's more to the story than you realize. Yeah. There's always two sides to every story. Um, but I think we can all work towards being more mindful. And like I said, just trying to help people when we can. And I know for me, honestly, it's been through the animals and through volunteering that I've actually probably become more compassionate towards people in, you know, different situations also. Is that something that you've experienced? Um, yeah, actually, the older I get, um, I'm really working on being more compassionate towards people. Um, everyone would always ask me how I can do my job, um, working with law enforcement and murders and seeing the worst of the worst. And, um, what it doesn't upset me seeing, you know, deceased people all the time. And I've just always really loved animals more. Um, but nowadays I am definitely growing and trying to be compassionate, not only for our four legged friends, but our fellow two legged friends as well. I can certainly relate with that also. You know, one of the things that I think is so remarkable and admirable about you and is just awesome is that Despite the fact that you've had all these setbacks with your health, so much so that you had to stop your professional career, that you've been able to go on and create this whole new second act for yourself with your company, Hunter and Harvest. Do you want to tell us a little about how that started? Yeah, I actually, um, everything relates back to animal rescue in our lives, I think, Erin. Um, so I was fostering a cat through um, the cat rescue, and... Um, one day she couldn't breathe and I thought she was dying and I rushed her to the vet and come to find out she was having a severe asthma attack and they had to place her in an oxygen tank to get her um, back to baseline and breathing okay. And it hit me that I had used a um, very commercially well-known air freshener near her. and. Um, we couldn't think of anything else that would have set her off except for that product. And then we noticed 
she would also get a little short of breath whenever we would use a conventional cleaning product in our home. Um, so that kind of led me to do a little research to think, what can I do to make the products in my home safer for not only my pets, but this particular foster cat, uh, which led me to essential oils. And, uh, I've done a lot of research. I've attended many classes, read a lot of books about it, um, for the last several years. And, um, while I don't believe that essential oils are a cure-all or a replacement for traditional medicine, I'm a firm believer in complementary medicine, and I believe everyone should try all avenues available to them if that's something they're comfortable with. So I actually started making um, pet and people products from essential oils that are what I believe to be healthier to have in your home. Um, that has expanded to me now um, learning herbal medicine, plant medicine. So I try to combine many different aspects in my products. So not only essential oils, um, which some animals can be sensitive um, to certain oils. And uh, there's a lot of research done, um, as to what oils can be used in what situations, how to safely use them on what animals, um, et cetera. Um, and if anyone has any questions about that, I would love for them to reach out to me. Um, I have a website, which is www.hunterandharvest.com. I'm on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. Um, so not only, like I said, do I make products with essential oils, I make products that are 100% uh, plant-based, um, herb-based from my farm. We, uh, I recently moved to a small farm, so I've had a lot of fun recently gathering ingredients and studying how to make salves. Um, I make paw wax for dogs that is made out of uh, flowers, for instance. There's a particular flower um, that helps with inflammation and keeps infection down. So there's really a whole another world out there that many people aren't familiar with, but I believe um, a lot of folks are coming around to it. Yes, there is tons, I think, on the internet or at least on my Facebook feed about essential oils and I know I've learned a lot from you and I have tried some of your products and I have enjoyed them very much and we have the paw wax for our dogs for uh, winter time you know to protect their paws when we go for walks um, what is your favorite product to make so what I've really come to enjoy is infusing my own herbal oils and that is simply um, it actually doesn't involve essential oils um, you kind of obtain your herbs, your plants, your flowers, whatever ingredients you want to use for a particular product, and you put them in a mason jar and cover them with um, any oil of your choice or a combination of oils. I um, have found myself using a lot of um, organic coconut oil mixed with organic olive oil or avocado oil. And, uh, then you just start the fun task of kind of babysitting it. You have to keep it in the sun. Um, you have to mix it. Um, 
you know, at least once a day or every other day. And these plants slowly infuse into the oil. Um, it takes six to eight weeks. Um, so it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a labor of love. Um, but I thoroughly enjoy it. And I love knowing that I can tell people exactly what is in what I'm making because from point A to point Z, um, it's been in my hands and in my care. Do you have a favorite product or, um, that you like to use for yourself or on your animals? Oh, let's see. Recently I have really been into a new, um, sleep aid spray I've made. Um, it's a pillow spray, uh, with, um, essential oils. And I have found that it really helps me, um, get to sleep at night. Um, I do have some residual nerve damage from my, um, illnesses that I've had in the past couple years. And I have a lot of trouble sleeping at night due to pain. And I find that, um, now the spray is, like I said, essential oils aren't the cure all, but it definitely helps me relax and, um, get to sleep and stay asleep. I think better than, you know, without it. Like you said about complementary medicine, I am also a big fan of using all the tools that can be in the toolbox to help both people and animals heal themselves and stay healthy. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I have a lot of spare time lately um, due to my physical recovery and I just find myself trying to read and absorb everything um, that I can use in my life and also help other people incorporate into their lives that can help their, their pets and even their children and themselves um, be as healthy as possible. Um, and what works for one person may not work for another. What works for one dog may not work for another. But there's so many options out there um, that we can try. So I understand, I was on your Etsy shop earlier today, and I think there was like 37 different products listed. And I understand that your products can actually be found in some stores in Pennsylvania now also. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to say, well, right around the time we lost Magic, unfortunately, we were in the process of buying our farm and moving from the Baltimore area of Maryland to, um, we're just north of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania now. And, uh, since coming up here and, um, losing my dog, I've been really making an effort to, uh, really embrace natural living and being as self-sufficient as possible. And I've been studying a lot and making a lot of new products. Um, and we are in two stores in Pennsylvania. One is in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, and it is called Whiskers Vintage and Vinyl. And it's actually in this really cool, um, like artists, uh, warehouse that hosts a bunch of different stores. Um, it's called the thought lot. And as an added bonus, they have art openings and live music there sometimes. Um, so whiskers, vintage and vinyls on Facebook. And then today was actually the grand opening of the second store where our products can be found. And that is in Hanover, Pennsylvania which is just over the Maryland line. And um, the name of that store is Untamed Boutique. And she hosts, I want to say, about 20 local makers. And that's people that make all of their products themselves. And uh, in that store, you can find the full line of all of our pet products. And they are on Facebook as well. 
Well, that is very exciting. I am actually pretty excited because that store specifically asked that I make um, extra products for pets because they are huge animal lovers in there. And I really appreciated that. Well, that's awesome. I will put links to all these places in the show notes for anybody who wants to check them out so that they can go directly to them. That sounds great. And like I said, if anyone has any questions about how to start you know, a more holistic journey for you or your pets, have any questions about essential oils. Um, like I did say, there are some safety concerns, um, mostly when it comes to cats versus dogs uh, with essential oils and um, any questions about plant medicine or alternative products, please feel free to reach out to me. I always love hearing from everyone. Special thanks to Mindy for agreeing to be the first person I interviewed in connection with the new podcast. Listening to Mindy's story reminded me of a headline I saw recently saying that dogs help people live longer. There have actually been two recent scientific studies published in a journal called Circulation that shows dog ownership is associated with a lower risk of death over the long term. And also, if you do have a heart attack, dog ownership shows a better outcome after a major cardiovascular event, especially if you're someone who lives alone. Sometimes in connection with my day job, I end up having to read some scientific journal articles. So when I saw this headline and saw that there was two scientific studies about the use of animals in helping us get well, I was curious how many other studies there were, and I found that Since about the late 1970s, early 1980s, there's been a lot of research showing that pets help people live longer, and there's actually been reports documented for over 150 years of animals being used in medical settings in a therapeutic way. I actually saw a great quote from Florence Nightingale, who is considered the founder of modern nursing, and she said that a small pet is often an excellent companion for the sick, for long chronic cases especially. There's just something so special about the healing power of the human-animal connection. And I know I've seen this in my own life as well. Has your dog ever gotten you through an illness or a sickness? Please drop me a line at believeindogpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send me a direct message on Facebook at Believe in Dog Podcast or on Instagram at Believe in Dog Podcast with underscores. And to find out more about Mindy's Hunter and Harvest Company, Please check the show notes for links to her website and social media accounts, as well as links to the locations where you can buy her products in person. I'll also have a link to a blog that Mindy wrote about magic, her heart dog. So that's all for this episode of Believe in Dog. Until next time, this is Erin Scott signing off with hugs and belly rubs. Mm -hmm.